Turn that shite off. <laughs> This is not a dream job, this is reality. I am an actor. The best word I can say about uh, describe this was boom. And I think that you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. But Premier League is a fraud. Ferret head. Very much looks like a ferret, doesn't it? It's fun, is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Hello and welcome to the Balls at E football show, which is our football show here on Balls at E, brought to you in association with Labrooks. My name is Mikey Trainer, and I'm joined by just Gavin Cooney this week. It's just the two of us. Yeah, Casey didn't make it in. How are you feeling, Mikey? I'm gr- I'm okay. Uh, we're both. <laughs> it's a disclaimer: we're both very very hungover. We had a very big night with uh, Chris Kamara last night. Uh, a reminder to subscribe, download, and rate this podcast. Oh, do subscribe. Catch uh, the other Balls at E podcasts in our iTunes feed. Uh, what a show! We have for you this week, uh, as we mentioned previously, Chris Kamara was over and we did an event with him. We've delayed the podcast for a couple of days so that we can include the interview with Cammy, and we'll also be doing a bit of Pundit Watch as per yeah. usual. There's, there's a few things to talk about this week in that segment. Uh, we've also got details of special enhanced offers from our sponsors, Labrooks, coming up for the FA Cup uh, weekend. But before we get into the Chris Kamara interview... Um, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy last oh, night? It was amazing. It was so good. It was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Thank you uh, to the old storehouse. They were great. Uh, thanks above all to Chris Kamara and Ladbrokes for you know showing up, uh, and thanks to everybody who came. It was yeah, amazing. The place was absolutely wedged. It was great to see, um, and everybody had a, a great time, which is the sole solely down to Chris Kamara. He, oh, oh yeah, he oh, was yeah. <laughs> hilarious, like a, a full on stand up routine. He went into and. He just absolutely slayed everything. Yeah. Everything he said, people were erupting with laughter. I was on stage trying not to break my shit, laughing and failing miserably. I was cracking <laughs> up like half the time. Um, so it was difficult in that, in that respect. But other than that, what a showman! What a yeah, fantastic no, he's, showman! And you just kind of wind him up and let him go. He's That's almost it. like a stand-up routine. That's you know, it. there was a stage where, and you'll hear it in the interview when he, uh, when he, <laughs> when he just starts talking about soccer, the Soccer Saturday crew, and he goes, "Will I go?" And everybody goes, yeah. And he stands up and he just faces the crowd. Yeah. And yap, 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 yap. And there's about, after about 10 minutes, he turns around to you guys and goes, will I keep going? And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. They love it, they love it. Was, it. It's the easiest interview myself and Gavin Casey will ever do. We're literally just, he'd, he'd go, and we'd come back and we'd be like, Jeff Selling. And then he'd, be, he'd go again. He was, he was such a, a pleasure to work with. Uh, really nice guy as well. Stuck around and uh, watched Manchester yeah. United. Any other highlights? My, I mean, my highlight will always be his uh, downing a pint of Guinness. Uh, the, yeah, stage. that was absolutely sensational. I don't know if that's going to translate well to the podcast or even if that section is going to be in it because we are just going to put the interview section up. Um, but yeah, basically he had a pint with him on stage and he picked it up and he was like, I shouldn't drink this, should I? Because he hadn't touched it in a while. And then someone from the crowd shouted down it and he just looked at it and down the hatch it went. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible to watch. Uh, you can watch it on Facebook, by the way. You the, can, we've got yeah. the whole thing up on Facebook so you can... Um, if you've got a spare hour and 15 minutes, uh, do that. There's definitely worse ways to spend an hour and 15 minutes than watching the man uh, perform. He was absolutely uh, incredible. Again, yeah, thank you to the Old Storehouse for having us and thank you to Labrooks for bringing him over. Uh, let's just get let's get into the interview. Too many years have come and gone. This is our time to prove them wrong. We'll win if we stand strong.
Turn that shite off. <laughs> for anybody unaware, that was Cammy's official England fan song for Euro 2012. Some lyrics about proving everybody wrong. I don't know, I don't know whether it quite worked out, but Cammy, we're delighted to have you in Dublin. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. As you all know, I am Chris Kamara, who works for Sky Sports. But due to the fact we paid £11 million for every Premier League game, I also work for Sky Television. In fact, I fitted three dishes in Mulhudod this afternoon. <laughs> what a fucking shit all that is, by the way. <laughs> I fitted three dishes and had two nicked out the van. <laughs> I'm only kidding if anybody's from Mulhudder. Anyway, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Spot on. Spot Absolutely on. Spot on. Yeah. So, obviously, we're delighted to have you in Dublin, uh, and we're sure it's not your first time. Shut here. up. I'm having a pint of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> we're just talking about Dublin. You're here. It's great to have you here. But we know it's not your first time here. So, what memories of the city do you have? The first time I ever came to Dublin was to play Shelbourne for Leeds United. I made my debut. I made my... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I made my debut for Leeds United at Shelbourne. I signed two days before. And it was one of those where, at that particular time, I was telling the lads earlier on tonight, Leeds needed the money. Um, we would... Yeah, they still do, yeah. <laughs> There speaks the fucking German. <laughs> so, um, so they needed the money at that particular time, and the winds in Leeds-Bradford Airport were 80-odd mile an hour. Now, you're only allowed to leave the runway on, on an aeroplane if they're less than 65 miles an hour. But Bill Fodderby, who was the manager and director of Leeds, convinced the airport staff to let us go because... That's how desperate they were for that money at that particular time. So the plane went down the runway like I go home on a Saturday night. <laughs> Swaying from side to side. And we took, the plane took off and going over the North Sea, it was dropping. And it was probably only about 20 foot at a time. But you can imagine your stomach and your insides were going every time it dropped and every time it got back on a level playing field. So the lads had decided, we'll play the game against Shelbourne tomorrow night, but we're not going back on that plane. But thankfully, the, the, um, the winds dropped, and we went back on the plane. We had a good result against Shelbourne that night, and Leeds survived at that particular time <laughs> financially. Of course, in terms of Irish links, it's um, a former Leeds star. John Jones is one of your heroes, or was growing up, and uh, you, have, you had a couple of Irish players that you would have looked up to on the way up. Yeah, yeah, well, very much so. Um, when I was born in Middlesbrough, so it was my ambition to play for Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough were in the third division at the time, so they were never on match of the day. And, um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And so when I used to pop them around my mate's house to watch the telly, ah. <laughs> so when I pop them around my mate's house to watch the telly, you couldn't support Sunderland or Newcastle because they were local rivals. So Leeds were the team of the 70s. And so um, I quite liked this fellow in the centre of midfield, Johnny Giles. He was magnificent. You know, Billy Bremier... Uh, was a colossus, but Johnny um, could put a pass where Billy could only dream about putting a pass. So I loved, loved him to bits. Um, ov obviously, my all-time favourite Irish player 
is Georgie Best. I think everyone would say to that, yeah. We all remember how he used to drop a shoulder and stick it in from any angle. Wasn't a bad player either, was he? <laughs> well, obviously, you were, you were playing during a time when, when Jack Charlton was the manager of Ireland, and during that period of, of Irish football, Jack got a reputation for calling up players, and while they were fully committed to the green jersey, and that's not in question, their links, their family links to Ireland were a bit debatable. The call never came in to you whether you could come up and play for Ireland, did it? No, I didn't for uh, the Republic of Ireland. Actually, Brian Hamilton, I don't know if anybody remembers him from Northern Ireland, he actually asked me because my mum's mother was called Livingston and it's pretty Irish name, you know, I presume. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> hey, see that? It wasn't over everyone's head, was it? <laughs> and um, so, uh, so, yeah, so they, he asked me to check, check through. But uh, they didn't have Guinness in England at the time. <laughs> That's all you need to qualify. Well, we had Rio Ferdinand here a couple of weeks ago, and he said even he got asked. So it seems like everybody. But um, we now, when we were growing up, we would have caught the very end of your playing career. And there's some other people here, maybe that are younger than us. So for them who are unlucky enough to not see you play the game, how would you describe yourself as a player? Elegant. Quality. <laughs> Elegant. Skillful. This is for those who didn't see me play, by the way. I was going to say, how would other people describe <laughs> you as a player? <laughs> Everyone asked me who my favourite player was, right? So, um, and who's the best player that I've played with? We already spoke about my favourite players, um, Johnny Giles when I was a kid. But who was my favourite player when I, I um, played with throughout the years? And it had to be Gordon Strachan. Gordon Strachan, Gordon Strachan looked after himself like nothing else. He used to have this seaweed shite. <laughs> Sorry, Gordon. <laughs> he used to have this seaweed before games, all these things, and he'd have a masso, and he'd press all these areas on his body, and he had a shrink, and he was, honestly, the best professional I've, I've, ever, I've ever worked with. And so I, everyone says, well, how can you say that? Because you played with Eric Cantona at Leeds. And Eric Cantona at Leeds wasn't the Eric Cantona at Manchester United, was he? Let's be honest about it. No way was he. You know, I was, I was actually, when I was at Leeds, I was doing my full coaching badge. And I said to Howard Wilkinson, I said, Howard, I said, um, after training today, is there any chance that you can put a session on for me? He said, why? I said, well, I've got my full badge on Sunday. We've got a game on Saturday at home. But on Sunday, I'm taking my full coaching badge at Lillishaw. Um, and he said, well, what's the topic? So I said, it's attacking from midfield. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, we'll put it on after training. I said, no, no, Gaffer, don't. Because what Howard did, it, it was years ahead of his time. You played for 90 minutes, you trained for 90 minutes. So we trained at 10.30 till 12 o'clock. As soon as 12 o'clock came, you finished. If you wanted to do any extra, you did it before training. If you wanted to do anything in the afternoon, you did it from 2 o'clock onwards after you'd had your lunch and your body had been revitalised. So I said, if you say do it after training... The lads will go, no, we don't want to do it. He went, no, I'll do it after training. So 12 o'clock, we get to 12 o'clock. The lads, he says, right, end of session. He goes, um, just hang on one second, lads, one more session. They go, all right. We're going to help Cammy out with his full coaching badge. And I can see straight away all the lads are going, fuck <laughs> you. <know. laughs> fuck you. Know. So uh, Mel Sterling goes, hey? 
Yeah, Mel Sterling goes, um, Cammy, it's um, lasagna in the um, cafe this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a fat bastard, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call him Zico at Sheffield Wednesday, but we called him Spider at Leeds. Not because he had long legs and he could run down the wing, because he couldn't get out the bath, the fat bastard. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so, so the other lads have gone, oh, shit. I said, look, come on, lads, just do us a favour. Just, just help me out with this session. Just need to get it all right for Sunday. So I can see they're all reluctant to do it. So Howard starts the session. He gives the ball to Mervyn Day. He said, Mervyn Day, give the ball to Gordon Strachan on the edge of the box. Strack, you give it to Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister, you ping it into Eric Cantona. And Eric Cantona, you lay it off to Cammy when he comes running through midfield. So Vinny, go, Vinny goes, you won't be running through midfield. <laughs> I said, Vinny, we want the session to go quickly. Let's just, let me do it. So Howard gives the ball to Mervyn. Mervyn gives it to Strack. Strack pings it into Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister pings it into Eric. Now Eric has got two centre-backs, Chrissy White and Chrissy Fairclough, right behind him. So he's there with him. So Chrissy White and Chrissy Fairclough tried to read the layoff to me. Anyway, Eric's too clever for them. As he, as he gets the ball, he just goes to play it with his right foot to me and then spins round with it. Chrissy White and Chrissy Fairclough have both gone for the ball. So Eric turns round, John Lukic is in the other goal and he chips it, Eric. Like that. Top corner of John Lukic's goal. The lads, the lads are clapping. Wow, wow, wow. Magnificent. <laughs> Absolutely magnificent. Howard Wilkinson goes, whoa, 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 Eric, what the fucking hell are you doing? <laughs> you will never, ever be able to do stuff like that in the Premier League. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> lay it off to Cammy. <laughs> you had a better option. <laughs> Eric goes when the seagull follows the fucking trawler, you twat. <laughs> so he goes, right, lads, come on. We've got to do it properly this time. So he gives the ball back to Mervyn Day. Mervyn Day gives it to Strack. Strack pings it into Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister pings it to Eric. Before it can get to Eric, Howard Wilkinson shouts to the Sioux centre-backs, Chrissy White and Chrissy Fairclough, stay with your man. They do this time. And Eric lays it off to me. Now, we've all played football, lads, haven't we? And there's a few ladies in all who've already played football in. You can't miss them out these days. <laughs> PC correct. lays it off the two centre backs stay there and you know when it's coming and it's perfect and the timing and the movement of the ball is spot on I've got there bang on cue I'm thinking what a brilliant ball from Eric and I've shanked it and hit the corner flag <laughs> I'm devastated and Howard comes back onto the pitch and he goes that's much much better <laughs> right where were we lads <laughs> Just before we, we move on to the second career that you managed to forge for yourself after football, 
we, what, we, what career after this? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think you were safe. I think you played it safe. It's a smart thing to do. Uh, we were talking about, obviously, uh, Jack Charlton. The, the call for Ireland uh, may never have been a possibility. It may never come. But Ladbrokes are also partners with the FAI. And it's funny you should mention the magnet si magic <laughs> sign. That's why I'm here tonight, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Just to let you know, these are the boys. <laughs> And it's, and it's not just us they have a partnership with, it's the FAI. And the FAI, I believe, if we can get Darren out here, if this is right, have sent along a little present for you. To, wait, wait. There's a name there. This is to welcome him into the football family. Give him a look. There it is. I don't mean to be rude, lads, but you can't even get that right. <laughs> it's got to be McNamara, hasn't it? <laughs> hey, my name is McNamara. I'm the leader of the band. <laughs> You've taken McGrath's five there. That seems to have caused some unrest in the crowd. Yeah, you can't take McGrath. Did I tell you, lads, I was here courtesy of Ladbrokes tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you, lads, I was here courtesy of Ladbrokes tonight? <laughs> Moving on from that uh, and, and to, your, to your career uh, at Sky Sports, where we've seen you for years on end and you've sort of endeared, your, endeared yourself to obviously a huge number of people here tonight. Do you want to hear a few others. stories about the Soccer Saturday, lads? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody says Jeff Stelling is a genius. But think about it. No goals... No action, no atmosphere, and no fans. For Jeff, it's just like watching Hartlepool. <laughs> the programme's become a bit of an institution, or should I say that's where most of the panel should be. <laughs> you've, on one side, we've got Champagne Charlie Nicholas, ex-Arsenal, ex-Celtic, ex-Aberdeen, ex-Scotland. On the other side, you've got Paul Merson, ex-Arsenal, ex-Middlesbrough, ex-Walsall, ex-Pompey, ex-Villa, ex-England, to name but a few. And in the middle, you've got Phil Thompson. A nose between two thorns. <laughs> he must have told some lies when he was a kid, Tomo. <laughs> That legendary manager, Bill Shankly, he went, Phil Thompson, what a player. He was Irish. <laughs> he went, Phil Thompson, what a player. I thought I had the best football in centre-back in the world, in Emily News. But along came this kid from the youth team, Liverpool, brawn and bred. If you cut him, you'd see red blood. That wasn't a fucking joke, by the way. <laughs> he said he's also the only fella I know who could walk into a brick wall with a hard on and break his fucking nose. <laughs> hey, wh 
What about Merce? He gets more names wrong than me, Merce, doesn't he? <laughs> what a player, though, isn't he? Great player, Merce. Yeah, yeah. But he's been through the, been through the mill, hasn't he? The drink, the drugs, the gambling. He's been through the mill. But the good thing about Sky is they give everybody an opportunity. <laughs> when I was playing for Luton, Boxing Day, 1992, we were playing at Arsenal. And David Seaman was about to take a goal kick. I was screening the back four. Alan Smith and Merce were there. Two centre-backs, Trevor Peake and Marvin Johnson for Luton. So Trevor Peake says to me, Cammy, watch Merce, because he's going to try and drop in there and get the header. I said, don't worry about it. I can see him. See him over my shoulder. He goes, well, be careful. I said, well, Will, don't worry about it. I'll be, I'll be careful. So David Seaman takes a kick. I can just see Merce out the corner of my eye. So I've just gone for the ball. Merce has tried to come from that way. As I've got to the ball, I've headed it. But as I've headed it, I've accidentally elbowed Merce on the nose. <laughs> so I wait to see the ball, I wait to see the ball go out, and then I've turned around to Merce to apologize. And just as I've turned around to apologize, he sneezed all over me like this. <laughs> I am covered in saliva, just running down here and snot and everything. I'm telling you now, that was the best I felt for a fucking fortnight. <laughs> That one club man, Matt, Let Matt Letizia, yeah? Yeah, what a player he was, wasn't he? Have you ever seen his goals? Think, oh, magnificent. But he was like that, wasn't he? No way will I ever leave Southampton FC. The only way I'll ever leave SFC is to go to KFC. <laughs> Glenn Hoddle, who is his manager at Southampton, had to go into KFC in Southampton and tell the girl behind the counter, Please don't serve him the meal for two unless he's with some fucker. <laughs> Tiss is the only player I've ever known who puts weight on during a game. <laughs> that legendary manager, Alan Ball, he shouted, Tiss, Tiss, warm up. He said, what for? He said, I'm bringing you off. <laughs> What about, uh, shall I go on, fellas, yeah? Hey, by all means. What about Alan McAnally? Who did he play for? Villa? Bayern Munich? The Munchen? That's his nickname. Villa legend, yeah. So I'm at a game one day and everyone says, this group of fans said, um, who did McAnally play for? I said, you don't know. I said, he played for Celtic, played for Scotland. No, no, no. We're only like 17, 18. We don't know. In, in our lifetime, he's not played for anybody who we know. So I'm in the press room and I see Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor is McAnally's most favourite manager. So I said, Graham, come with me. Just come and have a word with these lads. So he said, why? I said, just tell them about Alan McAnally. So he said, where shall I start? I said, strengths. So he, goes, he said, Alan McAnally had the pace of a racehorse. He said, Alan McAnally could jump like a steeplechase horse. He said, Alan McAnally had the movement of a polo horse. I went, fucking hell, steady on, Graham. <laughs> he went, Alan McAnally had the strength of a dray horse. I went, fucking hell, you better get to the weaknesses. <laughs> he said, weaknesses? 
Alle McAnally had the brains of a fucking rocking horse. <laughs> hey, what about some of the old boys? You remember them? Rodney Marsh? Yeah, why do you take an instant dislike to Rodney Marsh? Because it saved fucking time. <laughs> Rodney was hard to avoid, but I'm telling you now, it was well worth the fucking effort. <laughs> hey, I better stop before I get the fucking sack, aren't I? <laughs> but just like we, uh, we we had Phil Thompson over last year, and I had to pick a combined Liverpool Man United eleven with him, which didn't exactly go to plan. I kind of got confused, and then before I knew it, there were nine Liverpool players in the eleven. But uh, the one thing that he kept hammering home is just how impressive Jeff Stelling is behind the scenes and how much work goes into, so that he can be the guy who pulls up, that's their eighth goal from a set piece this season, those crazy stats yeah, that he comes uh, up with. To be fair, Jeff works really, really hard, and I hate it when the reporters on a Saturday will start their report. They're, they're meant to be at a game to tell us what the goal's like. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, you twats. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> but when they come out with the stats, that's his seventh goal because that's what Jeff works so hard all week to try and make sure that he's got all that to the top of his head. And uh, yeah, he is a legend. I get on so well with him. We've, you know, I, d I never realised um, until it was 2004 at Queens Park Rangers where Kevin Keegan came up to me and he said, "I've just seen the um, Soccer Saturday funnies." Um, Newcastle were playing Queen's Park Rangers. Have you seen the soccer... No, Manchester City, sorry, were playing uh, QPR. Have you seen the soccer sa Saturday funnies and you say unbelievable, Jeff, the whole time? And I had no idea until that time that I actually said it. So uh, don't give red rag to a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just on Stelling, the 2002 World Cup is a... It's got a special place in the heart of all, like every Irish fan. You and Stelling went over to Japan to cover that together, am I right in saying that? We did, yeah. yeah we had a fantastic... We followed England and the Republic of Ireland. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. We and are there any stories of the Irish the fans, maybe? The, that, the boys that in green, oh, we were lauded by them. It was absolutely brilliant. We were in amongst them. And it was, you know, just a, such a shame. Because we thought they'd get to the semis, you know, because they played really well. Obviously, the Should big have. story that, that time was about... Uh, and Mr. Keane, but it was a you know it was a fantastic trip and a fantastic journey that we had. Jeff got you in a bit of trouble over there, did he? He did get me in a bit of trouble. Now, Jeff, I said to, I phoned up Jeff and I said, "Do you fancy coming to the World Cup in Japan?" And he said, "I do." He said, "But I've got to speak to the missus." So he goes and speaks to Lizzie, and Lizzie went, "Oh, you'll just be on the piss with Cammy for a month, won't you?" <laughs> you know me; I haven't touched the fucking drink in my life. <laughs> Until tonight, that is. <laughs> Cheers. So he says, well, the thing is, I've got to put some culture into the game. So I said, what, like what? So he said, we need to visit a temple or two. I said, oh, all right then. So I was doing the, the planning, the schedule as to where the games were, Saitama and all over the place like that, S uh, Sapporo and everything. So we put in Kyoto so that Jeff could go and visit some temples. So we get on the flight. England, England have just beat Argentina 1-0. <coughs> <laughs> Fantastic result. Um, 
And uh, so we fly to um, Kyoto, and we go and visit the first temple. And we go in there, and uh, it was all right. <laughs> so we go to the second temple, and I waited outside for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff goes, Cammy, you're right. You've seen one fucking temple. You've fucking seen them all. <laughs> so we decided enough was enough. So we met up with a producer from Soccer Saturday who was with us, Ian Condren, and we went out for summer to eat. So we went out for something to eat in Kyoto and then decided to go for a beer. Anyway, the producer shot himself off to bed, so me and Jeff went for a pint. So we're looking in this small town, it is Kyoto, and there's one bar with the lights on. So we go in there, and these young Japanese kids, about 19, 20, are playing a drinking game. So they've got this drinking game. They've got a bowl with six sections in it. And they've got the car keys, and whoever the car keys landed on had to take a drink. So me and Jeff, me and Jeff are watching them from the bar. I said, look, it, you know, they don't understand any English, but, you know, humour and all that, it, it's um, international, so we'll just go now and have a drink. So, so they're quite happy for us to join in, so we buy them all a drink, so we join in. So we spin this thing round, and I soon realise that if you lean forward, you can get it to stop on anyone you want to. <laughs> So, six out of six, it lands on fucking Jeff. <laughs> he is now absolutely fucking bollocks. <laughs> so he goes, Cammy, we've got to go back. We've got to go back to the hotel. So I said, all right, Jeff, let, let's go. Let's go. Enough is enough. I, I could have one more, but, you know, as, as you're two sheets to the wind, let's go. So he goes out of the bar. We walks outside and there's cars and there's motorbikes in front. So we're wondering how we can get across the road. So as we're wondering, Jeff spins round and staggers into the motorbike. Anyway, the mo he hits this Harley Davidson type bike with the big handlebars and it goes through the back windscreen of one of these cars. So we did what all good honest citizens should do. We fucking ran for it. <laughs> So we'd been, we'd been in Japan for two and a half weeks up until this time. And we'd been running. And one of the days that we were running, I was actually hopping quicker than Jeff <laughs> while he was running alongside me. This time, he's back in the hotel like fucking Usain Bolt. <laughs> so we get to the hotel, he goes, oh shit, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's been no trouble in Japan from any England supporters so far. What are we going to do? I went, oh, don't worry, nobody saw us. He went, six foot one fucking black man in Kyoto. <laughs> and a five foot fucking eight white fucking midget. <laughs> we are in serious trouble. I went, Jeff, don't worry about it. We, we might get away with it. So I goes to bed, gets up at 10 o'clock for breakfast, go down there, the producer from Soccer Saturdays down there, Ian Condren, no, Jeff. So we have breakfast, go out for a walk, not a problem. So come back, one o'clock, no Jeff, still do not disturb on his door. So goes to reception, we're flying at five o'clock. So I'm thinking we better get him out of bed soon. So I goes to the internal phone, 
Mr. Stalin. <laughs> Reception here. <laughs> Another fucking Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff goes, oh yes, oh yes. Uh, apparently, a uh, situation in town center last night <laughs> with you and big black man. <laughs> he goes, oh yes, he goes, oh yes. He, uh, apparently, uh, handlebars of car go through. <laughs> He goes, yes, yes, yes. Uh, was it you, please want to know, was it you or Big Black Man? <laughs> he goes, no, 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 it wasn't Big Black. It wasn't uh, <laughs> my friend. He goes, it was me. He said, I'll be honest with you, it was accidental. I was drunk and it was me. So he said, oh, Mr. Thang, you need to come down to reception <laughs> now to make statements. <laughs> so he gathers his gear together. He comes running down. <laughs> He's fucking sweating like fuck. <laughs> And he comes down, and it's not until he sees me and Ian Condren there, he goes, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so we got him good and proper. Gav Cooney, you're in the crowd. Any questions for I am, Chris? yeah, I'm taking the Cami Roving reporter role. Uh, this question was submitted anonymously, strangely enough. Uh, is Paul Merson more or less stupid than he looks? <laughs> Mercer's a clever guy, to be fair. Very clever guy, yeah, yeah. His tipping's not great, but... <laughs> but, uh, no, he does get a few names wrong. But, um, yeah, no, he's, he's, not, he's no thick old Merce, that's for sure. Uh, we've heard great things about the Friday night piss-ups before Soccer Saturday begins. Is there, a, is there an outstanding story from one of those? Uh, no, I can't reveal those because um, we can't fucking remember them, that's why. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it, that's, that's the idea for Jeff to gauge on the lads' um, thoughts of the week. So what's happened is football's gone on through the week, and the weekend Jeff doesn't get to see them because as soon as the game's finished on a Saturday, he shoots off, but then he gets their ideas of what their thoughts are and the videos that are going to be played in on a Saturday. And if he agrees, he'll sort of like nod politely, and if he disagrees... He won't mention anything until the show on a Saturday, and that, that gives him a good idea of where to go. Great. And Matthew Murphy wants to know, uh, what were Andy Gray and Richard Keyes like? Oh, oh, oh. I loved Andy Gray. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave it there. <laughs> no, <laughs> who was the other one? Alicia who? Gav, any more or we leave it for now? Uh, come back to me. I'll get a few Absolutely, more yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back later. Can you on. spot Gavin Casey there, or Gavin Cooney's in the crowd? Sorry, he's got the a guy with the hat. On. Wa wave wants, your hat there, Gav. Wave your hat. And, and anybody say who wants to get a question up to Cami, we'll be doing it a couple of times during the show. So we've, we've talked about the 2002 World Cup. You were also at the 2014 World Cup. And ahead of that tournament, there was, you know, uh, the police were advising tourists, you know, if you see any street crime or there is a, a threat of danger on the streets, don't get involved. You saw a crime on the streets of Rio, and what did you do? 
Well, it's not as easy as that, I have to say. Because what happened is that I'd had, I'd had a phone call from uh, one of the producers at ITV to say that Gordon Strachan and Adrian Childs were going along the beach um, to um, uh, Ipanema Beach, which is next to um, the, ma the main beach, Copacabana. Yeah, and they were coaching some kids, and would I join them? Anyway, I, f I text Strack, and he went, yeah, it'll be great if you can come and join us. So I said, great. So I said, what time? He said, well, we're coaching the kids at 12 o'clock. So the hotel I was at was halfway along Copacabana. So we came out, and we walked along. And to be fair, I have to say, my brother-in-law had mugged me written on his back. <laughs> because he had a gold chain, and he took his shirt off. So he's got this gold chain on, but we never thought anything about it. So we came off Copacabana, we got onto Ipanema Beach, and um, two, two, two um, lads walked past us. At the time, we never thought anything about it, and they said, um, have you got the time? Now the police told me afterwards that the reason why they asked you the time, because Brazil is cosmopolitan, I'm black and my brother-in-law's white, and they don't know whether you're from Brazil or not. And, uh, and so they ask you the time, and so I answered in English, sort of like 25 to 12. But to be fair to them, all they had to do was fucking pass me a ball, didn't they? <laughs> They'd have known I wasn't fucking Brazilian then, would they? <laughs> so, uh, so, so we answered them. So within sort of like less than a minute of that, the, uh, one of the lads has ran in between the two of us. We're walking like that. My brother-in-law's on that side. And he's hooked the gold chain from his neck. And he ran across, he ran across the road that way. Now, instinct, it was like two carriages going that way, two carriages going down. Instinct took over from me. So I've gone straight down that way. So now we are running parallel. And he can see me, right? Oh, sorry. He's, he's, he's like that. <laughs> and I'm running alongside. So the police said where I got my lucky break was where there was a break in the traffic. Because he can see me over the four lanes of traffic, I've cut across when there's no traffic and forced him up a road. And the police said if I, did, I hadn't have done that, then it would have either been curtains, back off, or have this knife, or have, have whatever. But I forced him up this road, chased him up this road, and I knew, because there was no, there was no getting out from this road, that, uh, that I would catch him. So I caught him, um, took him to the ground, and we got the gold chain back. The only downside of it all was, the first thing was, because we got the gold chain back, I said to the police, enough is enough, let him go. And they said, no, you can't. You have to make a statement because we don't catch enough of them uh, in Rio. So we need to deter them because obviously tourism is what pays for the country. And then the British Embassy came down and said, what happens if somebody else does what you just done and gets killed? So can you t go out and tell everybody that you were an idiot? <laughs> well, I said, I don't need to fucking tell anybody that. <laughs> but that's what I had to do. Moving, moving back to Sky, we've heard about the Soccer Saturday lads, but obviously your job, which to a lot of people here seems like a dream job, it affords you unbelievable access to people that we only see on TV in terms of footballers and managers. 
who have been the best managers and the worst managers to deal with if you were to keep it to the current crop? So don't say Harry Redknapp because uh, he's done. Yeah, yeah, no, he's done, he's done. Now, it depends. Are you, you're still recording over there, so I can't tell you intimate stories. I'm in the shit as it is, yeah, yeah. What, what about yeah, yeah. Who, who was your favourite manager to ever have on, um, on Goals on Sunday? I just told you I can't reveal that story. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair Cause, enough. Because that takes care of the second story, but it is Jose Mourinho, yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, any footballers, current footballers that you've enjoyed spending time with? or? Yeah, we're fortunate enough, um, because of Goals on Sunday, the profile that we have with it, that um, we the players do like to come on, the managers do like to come on, so it's not like we have to worry about guests week in, week out. Um, because we, we, we do get good guests. The problem we get is like anything else, whether it's fixtures, um, players having to play when they get time off, when they can be with their families. If they all, you know, if in a perfect world, if they all had two or three days off after a Saturday game, we'd get more bigger names on, on the show than we actually do. But, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, we don't struggle. This is my <gasps> 16th season doing goals on Sunday. So, um, you know. Veteran. So, yeah. so if you can't, if, if unbelievable, <laughs> Jeff. It's the first one. It's the first one. Um, he said it. Oh my God. Who, who had twenty-five past seven on the sweepstakes? There? <laughs> so if you can't tell us anything about the the current managers, what what about well, I can't, Harry? I can't Harry tell him to switch the fucking videos off, and we can have a laugh. What uh, what about Harry Redknapp then? Because obviously he's a, he's also kind of in his line of management become a big character with his arm out the window on transfer deadline day. How fun is he to work with? Bob? Yeah, Harry's Harry's as good as gold. Yeah, I don't know if anybody saw a Soccer AM clip that I did donkeys years ago down at Pompey. They were playing in a game which was a one o'clock kickoff on Sky, and uh, he gave me full access to the dressing rooms at sort of like half past twelve. The one thing he didn't give me full access to was the manager's room. So I burst in with the cameras at 20 to 1, and there's him and Jim Smith watching the racing with the racing poles <laughs> <laughs> on a match day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that tells you all about Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you get a lot of access and times with players, as you just said as well. But what about referees? I actually I read your book. And there was a, a fantastic story <laughs> about the referee that was at the centre of the whole Paolo Di Canio con controversy. You tried to crack, crack a joke with him, and it didn't quite land. Yeah, yeah. What was his What was his name again? Uh, Paul Alcock. Yeah. Paul. Alcock. Yeah. Paul what? Alcock. <laughs> Alcock. Alcock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky one. It's a tricky. One. <laughs> he made that one up, didn't he? <laughs> No, uh, was it, uh, we was at Southend United. Southend United were playing uh, an FA Cup game. And I thought that somebody like Paul now would become a referee's assessor, would be dining out on the Paolo Di Canio story. And Martin Tyler was the, co uh, the commentator. I was co-commentator for him. And so just for a bit of fun, I went up and barged into Paul like that. And he went, you're a joke, you're a disgrace. Am I not allowed to forget this? You know? <laughs> Sensitive. I went, I've fucking forgotten it already, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if anybody saw there was a similar, well, it wasn't even similar the, the other day for Blackburn Rovers. Did anyone see it? The Blackburn Rovers player, I spoke to Owen Coyle yesterday, who's going to get charged because he, he, he had a goal disallowed. Can't remember what his name Akpan, was it Akpan? Yeah. Yeah, Hope Akpan. And he had a goal disallowed and he ran over to the referee, literally. 
and he ran over and his arms were like this and he ran over and the referees went <laughs> and ran back about 10 paces and he's been reported for, for, he's been reported for assault. And I, and I said to Owen Coy, what an absolute disgrace. He said, the only thing is he can't appeal against it because you, you can't touch the referee. Well, We've seen as well, I think Mark, news came out today that Mark Lautenberg is, is heading for Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And on the um, did you see the goal last week, the Arsenal goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up the whole city. yeah. The whole city, yeah. But no goal should ever be allowed if an attacker puts it in with his hand, whether it be accidental or deliberate. Now, now, H Howard Webb, yeah, Thierry Henry, yeah. Hey. Now, Howard Webb, Howard Webb on Saturday after that game said. If you look at the laws of the game, which we did on goals on Sunday, if you look at the laws of the game, the laws of the game says if it's accidental handball, then you, play, you can play on. But that law wasn't meant for a goal. Simple as that. It was meant for if you're inside the penalty box and the ball accidentally hits you on the hand or you, you know, you're outside the penalty box, it's a free kick. It wasn't meant. It wasn't meant for a for a forward to be sticking the ball in the back of net. So once again, that law should be changed. Sorry. If Holly scored, yeah, they disallowed it. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure because he went. He actually went over to the assistant to to ask him what all of, you know, kerfuffle was about, and I think the the assistant told him it was letter of the law again. It hit him. It hit him on the hand, but it was accidental. But how can you score with your hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did. Before, before we get into, this is an Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> Venger out. Um, we need. Hang on. Do you think the issue, the the the, the question as well? And Paul Alcock falls in. He it as well. he said, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> Not me. <laughs> but. The, 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 what we were just talking about with Paul Alcock as well and Mark Clattenberg is this kind of idea of celebrity refs, like referees now kind of knowing that they're at the centre of the attention. Like Mark Clattenberg issuing a come and get me plea to China and Saudi yeah. Arabia, you know. Do you think there's a problem? Uh, obviously, it's been a huge talking point this season, the standard of the refereeing in the Premier, uh, Premier These League. These twats are trying to get me to sack, aren't they? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> All the English referees are the best in the world. <laughs> there you go. And of course, they get the opportunity occasionally to come away for Ladbrook. <laughs> in terms of your own playing comeback, I mean, that only arrived in 2010. And once again, it was Mr. Sterling got you in a bit of bother with, I think, Welshpool. Or at least you had to pay the price for Jeff Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went down stick. to play, come out of retirement to play for Welshpool. Yeah, me and Merce did it, actually. Yeah. They'd been beaten 5 1 the week before. They got beat what, six one the week after I played. <laughs> you you did not not a hand in the goal, but you assisted a goal, I think, didn't you? I had to do something in the ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously, your role—you you just said you were sixteen years at Sky. When you started, there was no camera phones, there was no Twitter. How has your job changed? How old do you think I am, you turd? <laughs> <laughs> you said yourself sixteen years. <laughs> But just to, like, yeah, obviously, how, how does it affect your job knowing that any, like, 
Zachary Banya type thing in the past. Maybe it would have Cameras been skipped over. over. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, you know, th it's going to blow up on Twitter. Oh. People are going to be sharing it. We're going to do posts on it. We love that shit. To be fair, I, apart from here tonight, I'm experienced enough to know <laughs> to know what to say and know, know what to say. We've come here tonight for a bit of fun and a laugh. And, you know, I, I hope you appreciate that. And it doesn't get me into trouble or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Put your fucking phone away now. <laughs> No, but it's, it's, it, it's like anything else, you know. The, the one thing that's, that's gone the other way is this PC correct, you know. You, you, have to be so yeah, you have to be so careful for what you say and, and how you say it. And there's always somebody on Twitter trying to trip you up, you know. No matter how you say, whatever you say and how you say it. And um, to be fair, I normally look at them and just block them straight away. <laughs> fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. I think... Uh, Gavin, have we got more questions from the group? Uh, yeah, uh, Paulie Martin wants to know, have you ever been part of a team that collapsed like Arsenal did last night and that leads onto a whole Wenger in, Wenger, Wenger out debate? Um, you got to take a side here. Yeah, I think, I think it, it's been leading up to this for Arsenal from their point of view, from their fans and everything else last night. And now, of course, it's, it's probably, I wouldn't say become untenable, but how you can go into a second leg of a, a European tie with absolutely no chance of winning when you're a club of Arsenal stature is beyond me. So I would, I would imagine that, you know, Arsene Wenger's done great things for Arsenal. There's no doubt about that. But we, we all have a sell-by date. And uh, uh, hang on, where's that phone call? <laughs> 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 there's me boss on the phone. <laughs> no, you do, you all have a sell-by date. There's, there's a time when, as a manager, you know, when players have heard it all before, they've seen it and done it, and that's probably one of the things that you did look at last night and thought, when it got to half-time last night and they're drawing 1-1, um, could Arsenal come out in the second half and be resolute? And they didn't against Bayern Munich, thinking the fact that 1-1 would be enough. They came out and played the same way as they did from the start of the game. And I just think that, that told volumes of of what might happen to Arsene Wenger, rather than, you know, thinking, okay, we'll settle for a 2-1 defeat. We, we, we've got a point at this moment in time, or we've got a draw, I should say. Um, let's try and hold on to that. But they didn't. And, you know, 2-1 down, let's, let's try and hold on to that. No, no change in the tactics. 3-1 down, no change in the tactics. 4-1 down, no change. And then, it, you know, it was just a matter of time then before the goals kept coming in, so... I think that situation might well take care of itself this season. Yeah, uh, there's lots of people around asking, like, wondering, like, what will be the makeup of the top four? Assuming that Arsenal will make it because they always fucking do. <laughs> I mean, what will be the top four at the end of the season? Next question. <laughs> the only the only reason I can't answer that it's great for Merce, Tomo, uh, Charlie, and Latisse. It's great for them because they've got the comfort of the own studio. And they don't have to go to grounds. You know, next week I have to go yeah. to Spurs. Two weeks, t not, uh, not this Saturday, sorry, the week Saturday I have to go to Spurs. Two weeks' time I have to go to Arsenal. You know, so I have to go around these grounds. And people never forget any quote that you say, you know. <laughs> They're like my fucking missus, by the way. <laughs> Just on that, do you... Hey, by the way, she was gutted when she saw the Ladbrokes ad because I got bigger boobs than her. <laughs> 
I said, don't worry, you both got the same size ass. <laughs> Did I tell you before though, I do work for Ladbrokes. Eh? Hey. <laughs> You're saying there, managers never forget a quote. Do you often have to give an explanation for something that someone else has said? Like I can imagine if you walk into Hull and you have to talk to Marco Silva, he might have a few problems with what, uh, with what Merce said about his arrival, because yeah. Merce has taken a lot of stick for that. Yeah, the, 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 the problem you've got is everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves an opportunity. Marco Silva is just another uh, of, of a load of managers who've come in with abuse from pundits before they've even had the chance. Claudio Ranieri was slaughtered by everyone before he took the Leicester job. He won the league. You know, so yeah, and now he's getting slaughtered now, yeah, because he, he can't get them out of their current slump. But you would have thought with the firepower that they've got, and when you look around the, the, the table and, and the teams, that the teams haven't got the same firepower that they have. But every manager deserves an opportunity, no matter who he is. You know, you can all, it's, it's, it's obviously it's slightly easier after the event, but before the event, why, why would you want to pin your colours to the mast and say he's not going to be any good and then they, you know, they make things different, difficult for you? But ha has a manager ever said, here, have a word with Paul Merson there? Uh, not, not mentioning any names, but yeah, one or two, yeah. <laughs> so it does, it does come back, right? Yeah, they come back and they say to me, have a word with him, will you? Anything else, Gavin? I was a Villa fan wondering if your mate Steve Bruce will get them promoted or can he you know, stop the bleeding at all? Well, the, the thing is, when Steve took over, it was a major turnaround and, and everything was looking rosy. And then all of a sudden, they've fallen back into the same way that they have before. So, you know, not sure if I, you know, it's strange. It's very, very strange. It's, it's strange for Steve because the reason, one of the reasons he left Hull was because of the fact that um, finances and players to be brought in for Hull, he thought was going to be difficult. He's gone into Villa and he's been allowed in the January window to bring in the players that he wanted to bring in. And, uh, and it's still not happened for him. Yeah, 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 some of the best players. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, maybe you're going to have to allow him this season and hopefully he can do it for your next season. And that is pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Just get some points in. We'll see you later. Just from my point of view, just to say, Thanks very much to everybody. And don't forget, tonight I was here, courtesy of Ladbro. <laughs>
Leicester, Ranieri gets a sack, that happens. I'm not saying it won't, it's extremely plausible. And if Le- Millwall do win, it is going to be with both teams scoring. So that is a very interesting one. I actually think, I think that might happen, you know. Yeah. And Leicester, and then they'll be the, like the low, and then into the Champions League. Ridiculously. <laughs> Ridiculously. <laughs> Bounce back. Um, I remind that Labrooks have uh, some enhanced odds for this weekend's football. Uh, they're offering double odds on Wolves versus Chelsea on Saturday, Fulham versus Spurs, and Blackburn versus Man United on Sunday. And these are only available in Labrooks stores, so you're going to have to you have to get up off your arse. Yeah, and you're going to have to get in. But it's worth it if you are betting on any of those games. A reminder, that's Wolves-Chelsea on the Saturday, and then Fulham-Spurs and Blackburn-Man United on the Sunday. Let's move on to Pundit Watch. At Ladbrokes, if one team lets you down on your ACA of five teams or more, you'll get your money back as a free bet up to €25. Euro. Ladbrokes, online, mobile and in-shop. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. Dunlouis.net. Pundit Watch. Hello and welcome to Fletching South, the best bits. You know, it's been a while since we've had anything from Garth Crooks in this uh, in this oh in God. this pundit watch uh, Garth segment. Crooks. Like, I, oh, there's, I, do you, are you aware of the uh, the great musical work of Half Man, Half Biscuit? Oh, I, it rings a bell. They've a song called "Lock Up Your Mountain Bikes," and the first for, uh, paragraph goes: "There's surely nothing worse than washing sieves. There's surely nothing worse than washing sieves." With the possible exception of being Gareth Crooks, there well, isn't surely nothing worse than watching. I'd, I'd say being Gareth Crooks isn't that bad because you know he was a footballer and now he's paid to give opinions on footballers. So I'd say it's actually pretty good to be Gareth Crooks. The problem is it being is, around, Gareth yes, Crooks. or having to being exposed to Gareth Crooks. And like, what's what's weird about him is it's not every week. It's not regular his his moments yeah. of madness. Like you'll be reading the Gareth Crooks team of the week, and and most of them will be fairly, you know like justifiable yeah and sometimes he'll have views on stuff and some people don't like the way he presents his views he's very articulate and he, he, he really dramatic in, in what he says and people don't really like that but at the end of the day every couple of weeks it's as if I don't know whether it's he knows or he wants his name back in doing the rounds or whatever it is yeah. but he just comes out with this absolute just garbage hey, I if you remember he once picked Wayne Rooney in a Garth Rooks team of the week and the reasoning was absolutely amazing. I was speaking to my Uncle Ben on Saturday and said that Aaron Ramsey was almost certain to be the unanimous choice for Footballer of the Year. He took the glass of champagne out of my hand and said, You mean Wayne Rooney, don't you? I told him that he had made a very good point and promptly went home. It's bollocks. It's absolutely bollocks. <laughs> um, and the la- but the latest bollocks is, uh, is surrounding Arsene Wenger. Uh, he yeah. made a point beside Martin Keown, who couldn't keep a straight face and also couldn't bite his tongue. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had to step in and kind of be like, eh, no, 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 no. So I think we're going to listen to that yep. now. I've got some really big concerns, and they've, they've gathered over a number of years. First of all, when he actually pushed Alan Pardew, very unusual, out of character. It happened again with Martignol, and then again with Jose Mourinho, and then with the referee, or the fourth official. For me, these are signs that there's something happening here with Arsene Wenger as he's getting old. The pressure may be getting to him a little bit. The judgment gets a little more impaired. He's getting older. He's getting frustrated, Goff, but that's three incidents in 20 years. Three incidents of discipline in 20 years. Maybe one is too many, but it's about frustration. Great, great. Bill Shankly... Brian Clough never pushed officials or other opposition managers. Don't tell me about managers and, and what they should do. I've seen great managers never behave like this. There is a code of conduct. And what this is indicating to me is here is a man under pressure. 
Now, I understand it's a pressurised game, but at one stage, when he pushed that fourth official, I thought, it's time for you, Austin, to take a break from the game. Yeah, so Brian Clough there, he wouldn't push an official or an opposing manager. He just punch his own fans, though. More of a clip around the ear, really, with Clough. Um, that's, it's just surreal. Like, Crooks delivered that like he was at a slam poetry meet. <laughs> and, like, the emphasis he puts on words just absolutely boggles my mind. It's like he's oh. trying to... It's like he's trying to, to con you into something and like he's trying to divert your attention with the way that he, he talks. It's just it's just weird. Uh, but one man one man who who is far more direct yeah. uh, is is our well favourite here at Boss at Haig, one of the greatest Irish players ever to play the game. It's it's, it's Roy Keane. Now, yeah, another man who was punched by Brian Clough, by the yeah, way. True. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a theme, uh, yeah. an underlying theme here in this episode of Punter Watch. But like Keno his punditry is just incredible. It was uh, so we're gonna. This is again about Arsenal, and he was on the ITV highlights show after uh, that amazing collapse on Wednesday night by Arsenal against Bayern, and it's just so cutting, That's and it's it. just and, so measured. And he sits there and he, he delivers it completely deadpan, and like he not like I I, I doubt he even rehearses it. I, the, the the true beauty of Roy Keane's punditry is you know that's his opinion. He yeah. doesn't bullshit. He doesn't try and and he doesn't use cliches. He literally just goes. Arsenal are shit. Mm. When you, when Kieran Gibbs is your captain, <laughs> you're 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 in trouble. Yeah, and uh, and that is what he said, along with another uh, with a few other things. Let's have a listen to what he said now. Very poor, and um, but I, I'm not surprised. I don't know what you were expecting. Did you think they'd go to Bayern Munich and get a result? We've said it before about we keep repeating ourselves: lack of leaders, lack of characters, hunger, desire. But I have to say, tonight at this level. At, in this stage of the competition, they're just not good enough. So it's almost no point in being too critical of them because they're not up to it. <coughs> the players, they've got two decent players Arsenal, the rest, average. We, we go back to, again, leaders in the game, being organised at the yeah. back. When you're not at your best, again, you're not about taking your medicine. If you're 2 or 3 1 down, just steady on, stay in the game. I think reflected that when I see Gibbs with the captain's armband on at the end of the game, you're in big trouble. If he's your captain or your leader, if he's a guy that's going to bring everybody together, you're in huge trouble. And I agree with you. I, I don't think Bayern were at their very best tonight. They didn't have to be. The goals Arsenal gave away, schoolboy stuff, shambles. He's amazing, Roy Keane. He's absolutely amazing. Oh, like, I mean, it's obviously superb to have him involved with Ireland, but yeah. get him on the RTE panel. Oh, no. I mean, that, there's no way he'd do that. There's he no might. Way. There's no way uh, you, he'd you, do that. You know, in a previous life, you'd say he'll never work for the FAI. It yeah, could happen. True. I think he'd be more likely to tag team with Martin on TV3. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't foresee him. Oh, I'll be the dream. Like but he, no, the longer he's involved, definitely, what, the definitely, definitely not what Dumpy's around, aren't they? Don't they dislike each other now? I think they might have fallen they? out a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was astounding analysis uh, from Mr. Keane there. Uh, and that's all we've got time for on this hungover edition of the Balls of the Football Show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as much as <laughs> we enjoy coming in to put it together. On the eighth take. Um, <laughs> no, we have had a few takes. Um, so, but yeah, thanks very much for listening. A huge thank you to Ladbrokes for sponsoring the podcast. And thanks very much, and we'll catch you for the next one. Too many years have come gone. This is our time to prove them wrong. We'll win if we stand strong. Wouldn't that be